Welcome to the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to a conversation with Audrey Werner of Matthew 18 Ministries. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And tonight we have an extremely special guest coming on tonight. This is Andre Werner. Audrey is one of the most outspoken people in the restoration of the purity, the biblical purity of the church. She has been carrying this message, which you've heard myself speak of, you've heard Michelle and Leah speak of, and it's ultimately back to getting purity back in the church, getting the corruption out all the way down to the marriage bed. It's a powerful message tonight. She has a lot to say. She's very well versed in this, and she takes it back to the Kinsey Institute, which is so important. And you know how big that topic is. And quite frankly, this is all God. This timing of this message is unbelievable because it's part of this new film, The War on Children, which was Robbie Starbuck put that out. That's a center point of that film is the Kinsey Institute. When we get into what you hear tonight, this will take you down to looking at how the sex education program was weaponized to intentionally break people away from God and how even the church's role in that has been corrupted by the false teachings and false science of the Kinsey Institute. All of this is amazing. And of course, that's where the rally, the uh, the Dan Patch revival was on the 13th or just recently, I guess it was a weekend before last, where Michelle and Leah were, and we prayed on that for that evening of that revival in, in Indiana to break those principalities and strongholds around the Kinsey Institute. It's a powerful thing, and God is moving in big, big ways. So very excited to have you hear her tonight. It's a great interview. And quite frankly, I didn't even know this. I have so much respect for her work, and little did I know that she's been listening to Bards FM. So what a great honor, and it's literally like meeting a kindred spirit in this fight, and I think you'll be very, very impressed. Her website, by the way, is Matthew 18, number 18, Matthew18.org. And you'll hear me quote Matthew 18 at the beginning of the interview tonight. It's very important to get that in context because it covers really it's such an important passage that defines her ministry so well. Now, Patriots, before we get rolling tonight, I just want to really highlight the fact that we are in an insane period of time. A lot of instability in the financial markets, and that is something that we know they're playing with and they're trying to manipulate and trying to create distress and and upheaval. We have banks in, in problematic situations, and we have to do what we can to ensure a good, solid resolve to get our our retirement funds, in particular 401ks and IRAs, into something that I would say would be much more kingdom-based. Instead of being paper, dollar, fiat currency, debt currency, Babylonian money magic-based, move this monies into your retirement savings, into precious metals, and in particular gold and silver. To do that, we have Birch Gold, a fantastic group. They've been with us now for about a year and a half. 
If you to get their information, you just need to type in Bards, the letter, the word Bards, and text it to nine eight nine eight nine eight. Again, that's Bards, and text it to nine eight nine eight nine eight. They're going to send you a free information packet. You can study up on this, get informed, and then give them a call and see how they can help you. They are experts in the field, and they are top in the business ratings. They are nothing but hundreds and hundreds of great reviews, including reviews from people in Bards Nation. They're fantastic. So check them out. Head on over to or not head on over, to type in BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, and text it to 989898. Again, BARDS, to text it to 989898, and learn what they can do to you, for you today to help you set up a precious metal tax-deferred retirement account today. It's fantastic. Now, I want to also talk about our fundraising. We're making great progress, fantastic progress. Willie is excited because he's really, this is an opportunity for us in Flemingsburg. And this is the Give, Send, Go. The link is below. And I want to thank all of you from the bottom of my heart and really just the blessings that we're sharing as a community and a fellowship as we raise the money. We're at over $9,000 now, our goal. And for this phase of funding is about 27500 And this is to get us into that place where we take it off the market and the money goes into escrow and we go into the next phase of funding. But the great thing is that, just so we're clear, because typically escrow, the way it works, I just want to be really clear, is there's this time limit. If you don't make it, then in, a, in conventional escrow, you lose the money. That is not the way this is working. They're drafting this out so that the money that goes in is in escrow, and we will continue to raise our funds as a fundraising, and we will continue to have time frames extended until we go into formal contract, and then we go into a formal contract for 10 years. And the property is self-sustaining. It's fantastic. So we've got two fundraising goals. The first one is out, and we're going to try to reach this one out as quickly as we can. Our goal, obviously, is by the end of the week. I'm going to keep our prayers up on that. Don't donate if you can't afford. And I need to say that for my own conscience. I love Bars Nation. I also know that not everybody has the money to donate. And I don't want you to feel that you can't participate because your prayers are so important. So we need prayers from everybody. And if you are called to donate, then please donate. And then that's and those two things go together. But I'm super excited about what's happening. A lot of movement here. And I'm very confident. And I just know that God's going to provide everything we need to make this happen. And Willie's excited. And it's just a fantastic opportunity for us to set up truly an Ecclesia Center in that true sense of it, where it becomes the place where it is a center point for our, not only Bard's Fests, but also so much more to literally equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And that includes the whole range of the fivefold ministry. It includes workshops, and it will be developed to enhance the county-by-county county program that we have. And that's a whole range of things. And all of that is the beauty about Flemingsburg, which is Mandolin Farms, is that there's 285 campsites right there with hookups. And so it's an ability, as we learned in Bards Fest, the ability with that covered pavilion outside that we can run basically year round and we can have people camping there and being there and building fellowship. And by the way, just so you know, because this is pretty cool, I learned this after the event because it's also, it has a stage there. If you haven't seen it, I'll put some more pictures up on the Give, Send, Go. As a stage, has a green room in the back. It has a big area for the barbecue area. And we're going to name the barbecue area Sammy's Grill. Now, why Sammy's Grill? Jim Conley, when we were there on the last day, got news that his son, Sammy, had passed away. And it's been very hard in that process. And so Jim and I have talked, and we're going to dedicate the barbecue area for all future events after Sammy. So it will be called Sammy's Grill. And that will be part of our legacy. And thank you to Jim and all he did. Jim was one of the strongest people I've ever met on that day. He just kept going. 
And so we are just so blessed to have him part of Bars Nation. Jim and I had a great talk today. And his podcast, by the way, if you aren't following, get over and follow Jim's podcast, The Conley Show, I believe. Um, follow that. Jim is becoming, he's building his podcast around Texas, kind of Texas-centric, Southwest-centric news, which is probably one of the most important battlegrounds we have in the country right now. So really encourage you to follow him and boost his numbers and keeping this as we watch the great information warriors expand from our community, which is fantastic. So again, uh, if you're looking for where to donate, the link is below the podcast, but it's at the givesendgo.com forward slash Flemingsburg. Givesendgo forward slash Flemingsburg. You'll find it there. I'll add some more updates this evening. And as we hit the goal, then we'll pivot that same site into fundraising round two. All monies, no matter where we are, are going to this property. So that's just, I want you to know that. So that's important. Okay. Tonight, we have an amazing interview that I'm excited to bring to you. Uh, Do check out Matthew18.org. That is the ministry. You'll find so many good things there and so much rich information. There is a quote that I wanted to read to you. This is a, a post that was put up by William Wolfe, and it's William underscore E underscore Wolfe, W-O-L-F-E, and that's on X. And I think this really sums up a lot of the problems that we're facing in our pulpit. And I am not led to be kind to the pulpit. I'll just be honest with you, because it has been so deeply broken. Uh, this is the quote. It says, love your neighbor, get the jab. And he adds, we'll go down as the most, as one of the most evil things um, regime evangelicals have ever said. I think this is a important insight as to how destructive the pulpit was at a very important time. And I, and whether we are comfortable with that or not, the truth is there that that was actually said, love your neighbor and get the jab. Love your neighbor, get the vaccine. And we this so he under this, he posts this, it's from Leading Report, and it says, breaking COVID vaccines from companies like Pfizer, Moderna, and AstraZeneca have been linked to slight increases in heart, brain, and blood disorders, according to the largest vaccine study to date. Slight would be an understatement since they're now estimating as high as 1.7 million people in this country have died. And there's over 10 million people to our knowledge so far that have been injured and uh, are disabled by this vax. So this is a time really that we have to keep praying for truth and for those that have been victimized, pray for them. And for those in the church that are still believing that this is a good thing or it was okay to use that leverage or the churches that have closed. I mean, this is sort of thing that these pastors need to be woken up and they need to be held held accountable. And I mean accountable before the throne. And that's the most important thing. This is not an acceptable position. And I will never accept that because fear became first. And as a pastor, there should have been no fear. But fear is what drove that message. And it's unfortunate. So anyway, that's a, it kind of gets, it, not kind of, it gets right to the heart of what this whole message of tonight is about, which is literally restoring biblical purity to the ch- in the church, which is getting to a fearless place in the church. And Audrey is a fantastic voice. And I'm excited not only to have her on, but we're going to have her in the film we're working on. And I look forward to having her as part of doing seminars and so forth at the new facility, our new Bars Nation location in Flemingsburg, as we get that secured. We, she and I have already talked about it. It's going to happen. 
And so there's going to be a great opportunity to really learn some great things and be challenged in their in great ways in Scripture. So, Patriots, one last thing before we get going, and it's this. We have a critical issue at our hands right now, which is food. And food is a weapon, and they are using food as a weapon. By the way, in some latest reports that have come out, people taking pictures of labels, I would highly encourage you to avoid buying processed food. In one of the labels of a common and I, I don't have it in front of me. I saw it earlier today in a relatively common snack, which would be more like, you know, potato chips, that sort of thing, some sort of vegetable combined potato chip thing. They have listed in the ingredients crickets. So, yes, they are including bugs now, whether you want it or not, into your food if you get buying processed food. This is a problem, and this is part of the war on food that they're doing, and I would highly encourage you to stay away from that. But with that, we also know they're going to use food as a weapon system. They've destroyed thousands of processing plants in this nation, and they're, they're crippling our farmers for what our farmers can grow. And so here's the deal. You need to have a good food plan. So part of that is to use to get food that will last a long time on the shelf, food that you can count on, food that has nutritious value, new food that will give you Food packages that are they'll stay there for a long time without any worry. My Patriot Supply, that's what it is. So my, right now, if you head on over to preparewithbards.com, preparewithbards.com, take a look at the four-week emergency food kit they have on sale, $60 off, great value. And in there, you will find these the everything you need, 2,000 calories a day, great tasting meals, easy to prepare and, and ready to eat, and 25-year shelf life, which is amazing. It's a no-brainer, and it's really where it needs to be in your food system. And it's a great foundational piece. Get one for every member of your family. Take advantage of it. Great sale right now. So, again, head on over to preparewithbards.com, preparewithbards.com. Take a look at the four-week emergency food kit at from My Patriot Supply, $60 off, great value, and everything you need to have a baseline for, your emergency, for everything you need for emergency food. So, And it's critical to have right now. This is a crazy time we are in, super crazy. And it's don't go unprepared. And like I say many times, what's the worst possible thing? You have the food and 25 years later you have a big party and you celebrate that we didn't have to have the war that we thought. And you can all we can all laugh and eat our emergency foods in 25 years. But unfortunately, I wish it was that easy. I think this these nut jobs are going to do more damage than that. So we'll see. Okay, Patriots, with that, let me introduce you to Audrey Werner and the Matthew 18 Ministries. Here we go. Patriots, I have a very, very special guest today, and this is Audrey Werner. Her ministry is Matthew 18 Group, and I'm excited to introduce her. Before we start, I just want to read Matthew 18 because I think it's so apropos, and it, it covers so much in the nature of her ministry. And, it, and this is from NASB 1995. At the time... The disciples came to Jesus and said, Who then is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he called a child to himself and set him before them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you are converted and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever, whoever then humbles himself as this child, he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him to have a heavy millstone hung around his neck and be drowned in the depth of the sea. A ministry of this nature is covering the full gamut, both of the love, the consequence of where we currently are, the awakening of the church, 
and ultimately the consequence for those that refuse to listen to the word in which we're speaking of, which is the word in the love of Christ and the love of children. And this is the person we have here today who has led this ministry and is in an, ama- is an amazing voice in fighting for the children and against the most evil person ever probably in the face of the planet in our time, which is Alfred Kinsey. Audrey, how are you? Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Quite an honor to be on your show. I've been listening for years, so well, that's, I'm a big fan. <laughs> well, let's just say we're equally honored then because this is fantastic. <laughs> let's start with a little bit about you so people get familiar with you. You have an amazing website. You have some amazing initiatives going on, which we're going to get into all of that today. But let's start with you. Uh, well, I'm a registered nurse, uh, and actually my journey be- uh, began in my nursing career. Uh, I was uh, started as an ER nurse, and then I once I got married, I wanted to be able to see my husband on weekends and holidays. So I and and my passion is education. So I shifted to public health nursing, and uh, part of that job is being a school nurse. So I was able to, uh, I was actually the one that went in and talked to kids about sex, because uh, that's part of our job as a school nurse is to be the sex educator. Uh, I didn't have children at the time, so I was told that parents aren't doing their job and I need to go in there and do it for them. Uh, I did that for five years, and then my husband and I were blessed with our first child. And I still wanted to work for the health department, uh, but I wanted to work part-time. And the only part-time jobs were working in the STD, sexually transmitted disease, HIV clinic, uh, which I transferred to that, and uh, my eyes were opened. (laughs) Uh, The Lord said, I want you to see the fruit of your labor. And this was in the 1990s when we were doing more sex ed than we'd ever done in America at that point. And I saw things getting much worse and instead of better. And I thought, wait a minute, did they just lie to me? (laughs) Because I'm seeing the opposite of what they told me. Um, And so that's when I did the deep dive into um, uh, who developed sex ed, what was the intent. And of course, if you're gonna look at sex ed, well, that came out of the sexual revolution. And if you're going to look at the sexual revolution, you're going to find who funded it, which were the foundations. And uh, then you look into how every institution in America has been shifted in the last hundred years. And this was ultimately a plan to shift a Christian nation away from God. And they have been very successful. So I thought, wow, this is big. (laughs) So I uh, prayed and said, Lord, I'm not a pastor. I'm a woman. I'm just a mom is what I started out by saying. And uh, the Lord has put key people in my path to train me up, including a former Marine, Colonel Ron Ray, who was the former assistant to the Secretary of Defense under Reagan. And um, uh, this is big. This is really big. So the Lord has opened opportunities uh, for me. I I wanted to wake up the church, but uh, as you and I were talking before the show, uh, a lot of the church has been compromised. So this meant uh, going outside of the church. And I have done more in patriot groups. Uh, I've done more in um, testifying before uh, legislators. And I've even gone over to Africa, to Uganda. So it's been quite an amazing journey. <laughs> you shared a story with me before the show on Uganda. So why don't we yes. go right there? Because I think this is such a great place to jump off on the impact that you made and just what ultimately we have to be able to do here. 
Well, and the thing is, we've all been lied to and deceived, and I had to come to terms with that. So I also, as I learned these things, I realized I had to do some repenting in my own life. Um, but then having known these things, and once you know these things, you can't stay silent, uh, especially when it comes to our children. And this ultimately was an attack on families and on the church, and the sexual revolution was used just for that. So it's it's been so successful here in America that they're wanting to do this in every nation, uh, and, and you'll find the UN at the heart of this. Um, so the UN has uh, worked diligently uh, to bring sex education into all nations. Uh, I last, um, oh gosh, it was about a year ago, I did a seminar for pastors in the country of Colombia because the same curricula that is being used here is now being used over there. Um, so I happen to have met, um, well, I will say first, trying to wake up the church was very hard because there's a lot of um, pride uh, and there is um, a lot of people who have been lied to and deceived. And so you meet great resistance in the church. So I finally, I just prayed in 2018. I said, Lord, just get me to the remnant because I don't have time anymore uh, to deal with the self-righteous, hypocritical church leaders. And so the Lord was very gracious. And I ended up going down and doing a legislative briefing. I live in Texas. So I went to Austin and did a legislative briefing. Uh, but I also went to Dallas Theological Seminary. A friend had asked me to go to an event where there were pastors from all over the world. And I happened to meet a pastor at uh, the event who was from Uganda. And he found out that I'm also the Dean of Life Issues at Masters International University of Divinity. I teach a course called Restoring Biblical Purity in the Church which is meant to wake up uh, pastors to uh, the, what happened with the sexual revolution and how the church was influenced. And so when he learned of that, this pastor, the Pastor Ronald, uh, he said, oh, Professor Warner, I would love for you to come to my village. And um, I said, yeah, sure. <laughs> well, my husband was also working in the church as a family life pastor, uh, while I was doing my research, and he ended up uh, losing his job in the church because they would Google and find me, who was trying to wake up the church. And um, a lot of the church is addicted to the sexual revolution, and they don't want to give it up. So I ended up going. Uh, the Lord provided the funding. He it, just huge open doors for me to go. And my intent when I got on the plane was to go to this village and to teach go to this uh, village that was near the border, southern border, and teach this course at 260 pastors, which, by the way, 120 of them showed up. Um, and it was very humbling when I was there because they said, Professor Warner, I have we have to say that we have hated America and we've hated Americans because you're so hypocritical. You say in God we trust, but you're pushing abortion on us. You're pushing homosexuality on us, and you're pushing sex education on us. But he said, but today, they said, we learned that there's an American you who's fighting this, and we know there's other Americans who must be fighting this. So we're going to look at America totally different, which I thought, wow, <laughs> thank you, Lord. That was an amazing moment. Um, but I ended up um, with a full speaking tour when I got off the plane because I had a friend who worked at the UN and she passed the word out that I was there. And my last day, I ended up going to parliament and uh, speaking to selective members of parliament. 
And uh, that presentation, by the way, is on my website. And um, it was an amazing time. I was still stunned at how God orchestrated all of that. But basically, the UN and Planned Parenthood International and UNICEF had been putting a lot of pressure on Uganda. And Uganda is considered the pearl of Africa. So they are very prominent. What they do, other African nations will do. And I just went over and presented the information I have been presenting to churches in America for years. And I presented the same information to them. I presented facts. Here's what's happened. Who? Here's who developed sex ed. Here was the intent. Here's what's happened to America since then. And uh, because of that, they decided to not put sex education in their schools there. And they have stuck to that decision uh, to this day. So that was an amazing um, God experience, <laughs> as I have many <laughs> that have happened since I started this ministry. This is fantastic. When we look at the laws that occurred before Kinsey, which is about 1947, before 1947, it gives us a very deep look at the purity of the church, at least the message it was speaking. We had sodomy was outlawed. The old concepts of even like oral sex were, that came a lot from French philosophers and in a French movement and that corrupted into here. In fact, one of the writers that promoted that was actually mentally insane. So as we, as we started to see this corruption go in to, into our culture through Kinsey, which still stuns me in the fact that on his own chart and table in a book that was accepted across the nation, he's listing little children on there. And it's just, it's horrific. And we'll dig deeper and deeper into Kinsey in a minute. I want to kind of focus here on the church though. It is amazing to me how we look at the practices before 1947 and we look at the practices today and you mm -hmm. get an argument that's going on now that's very much about we have to seek where we've been given the right to seek or the the gift of God to seek the pleasures in the flesh. And in that somehow is missing one of the most fundamental issues, which is we are here to procreate. And it's not that we aren't, that this isn't happening in the church, but the message of the purity of that and what the function of marriage is and then the marriage through Christ and the unity in, in the in the body of Christ, the covenant of, of two to the one, it just seems to be gets, gets to be very diminished. And then when you approach that and you end up going into the bedroom, good luck, because that's like throwing a grenade in somebody's cereal. What's your thought on right. that? Um, well, Colonel Ray said it's like um, igniting a Moab bomb in a room. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, that's awesome. Right that, that, along that, those lines. <laughs> so that, that's the Marine yeah. that mentored you, right? Yes. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. I, I, so, I, feel, I, feel, I feel a kinship right now. I don't even know the man. Yes. I'm like, where are you? Yes. Go ahead. Please yes. continue. <laughs> yes. And, um, and what was interesting is he told me, he said, Audrey, we live in Deborah times. He said, because of pornography, our men have been compromised. He said, it's going to take the women to get this thing going. He said, the men are going to jump on board. But he said, because of pornography, it's going to take the women to get it going. And for me, my journey began because I was researching sex education. My husband worked for the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, which is considered a, um, a, a conservative denomination. The Elka Church, which is the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America, is the one that has the drag shows and, and uh, you know, promotes abortion. Um, but the LCMS is very conservative. And so I looked into their 
sex ed program and found at the original books that they were citing Kinsey. So they were touting it as a uh, Bible-based, Christ-centered sex education program when in essence it had Kinsey in it. So Colonel Ray, he said, Audrey, you're going to have to make the case to the Lutheran church. He said they're in error because they've adopted in three ways. They've adopted Kinsey's science, and that isn't science at all. He said they have um, uh, violated um, the American law because we found it was actually against the law to teach sex education in the schools when the Lutheran sex ed program was uh, actually uh, developed in the 1960s and distributed to Lutheran schools and Christian schools all over the country in the late 60s and 70s when there, there were laws still against it. And he said, thirdly, they violated biblical law. And so he was able to help make the case for that. Um, and so I, I, in looking in the research, I say there are three areas that the church has, is now in error. Uh, in my research, I found that the church forgot, number one, that God values the moral innocence of children. Sex education was developed to take away that moral innocence. Sex education is the same thing that predators do. Uh, we have a new word for sex education, whether it's Christian, um, because it has the same root. It's Alfred Kinsey. So um, whether it's Christian or secular, it is grooming. And so number two, God values all life. And that gets into the uh, birth control uh, abortion issue that we can talk about a little later. Um, and then number three, God desires the marriage bed to be pure and undefiled. What we do behind closed doors matters because it affects a whole nation. And so that's, uh, in essence, in my course, that's what I'm doing is I am teaching Christians uh, and I'm teaching pastors um, how, how we got into that. How did we buy into? And Margaret Sanger would be the mother of the sexual revolution. Kinsey would be the father. But when you look at the writings in the churches, the shift occurred, as you said, um, there's the pre-Kinsey and the post-Kinsey America. And the pre-Kinsey America, you know, marriage was valued. Um, it, um, and so again, looking at Kinsey's conclusions and his science being used to change our law, to change every institution in America. And we know it wasn't even good science, it was bad science. Um, Kinsey said all sex laws are broken and they should be eliminated. Rape was really a myth. Um, he said that sex should be shared with everyone. He said all sex experimentation before marriage is gonna increase a long-term successful marriage and venereal disease would be reduced dramatically. He said children are sexual from birth and that's where you get the idea of adults having sex with infants. Um, he said adult child sex and incest is not harmful at all to children. He said everyone's bisexual with 37% of men are homosexual. And in essence, um, orgasm became the goal in life. So pro in order for orgasm or pleasure to be elevated, then you had to eliminate procreation. And hence, that's where you have the push for uh, birth control and sodomy in marriage. This is incredible. I've got some statistics to read here, which I think reinforce everything you're saying brilliantly. Um, this is a, a point here that it's heartbreaking reality. This comes from, I'm just looking at the source here, ex-pastors. It says it's a heartbreaking reality that nine out of 10 boys and six out of 10 girls have been exposed to pornography before the age of 18. That, mm -hmm. um, And on top of this, 
20% of Christian, 50% of Christian men and 20% of Christian women say they are addicted to porn and 50% of the pastors are addicted to porn. And then it gets worse because then we get over here to the whole idea of the world, biblical worldview. Only 30% of our pastors currently have a biblical worldview and 13% of the youth pastors have a biblical worldview. Mm-hmm. I think we can take this directly back to Kinsey, don't you? Yeah, yeah. But he was a tool that was used. Um, uh, he was a change agent that was used. Um, when we go back to who funded this whole thing, uh, you know, it's the wealthy elite who, uh, you know, in Psalms 2, two, it talks about the kings of the world uh, or those kings that try to be the kings of the world and God laughs up in heaven. Um, you know, in the early 1900s, we had John D. Rockefeller, Andrew Carnegie, and Henry Ford, who established the uh, tax-exempt foundations uh, in the 1920s and 30s. And some of the, the work that the foundations did was good for America, but there were things that were very evil for America. Um, Carnegie was funding the rewriting of American history. I have a history book from 1897 uh, that was used when teaching children, and in it, it had several accounts of miracles. Um, it, it always talked about God's divine providence. Well, that all was gutted in 1918 when Carnegie's American Historical Society went into the children's books and got rid of all those, those accounts. Um, Rockefeller was founding uh, Margaret Sanger, who, of course, uh, was the founder of Planned Parenthood. Uh, And then they all were funding the American Law Institute, which happened to be the educational arm of our American Bar Association. And uh, Rockefellers were funding Alfred Kinsey. So um, there's a great book. It's called Foundations, Their Power and Influence. And it was written by Renee Wormser, who happened to have been a legal counsel to our U.S. Congress in the early 1950s. And he gives the account of the fact that the foundations that had started up in the 20s and 30s were already profoundly affecting America. They noticed it. Congress noticed it by the 1950s that uh, America's morality was shifting. And so they called for an investigation into the foundations. And that's what this book is about, is the actual um, investigation into the foundations. And they found uh, the... Uh, idea was to shift us toward communism. And um, so uh, sexual immorality, uh, Kinsey's science, actually, they they actually said in the congressional record that the Kinsey-Rockefeller connection was a direct attack on Judeo-Christian morality in America. So this this was a well-thought-out plan. And they, like I said, they infiltrated every institution in America Uh, And of course, including the seminaries and the churches, um, that was the first institution that they went after actually was the church. uh, And that was taking from the Frankfurt School, who had the idea that if you could infiltrate the church, then you could infiltrate uh, the society, because the church is the one that dictates the morality. So if the church has shifted on their morals, um, the whole society is going to shift. Now, you're speaking of Adorno, Heidegger, Habermas, all those radicals from the Frankfurt School, very familiar mm-hmm. with them. And yes, that was literally the whole concept. It was the using the dialectic, anti-dialectic, and a variety of other things to destabilize society and ultimately break right. the morals down. We also have uh, Derrida, 
um, who wrote the deconstruction of language out of the in the sixties, which mm-hmm. was huge, mm-hmm. and yeah. starting to break down the the purpose of language to where it becomes where we are today. All those were founding periods during that whole sexual revolution that unfortunately not enough people are aware of. No. When we're talking about morality, and let's get mm-hmm. into morality, especially sexual morality, because one of the things that I keep looking at in this study is when I look at the sex magic practices that we go to Alfred Kinsey and then we go to uh, we go to the occultists before then, Aleister Crowley, mm-hmm. and we start to look at the influence of the sexual magic practices that they use. And now you see those things that were considered abhorrent in a lot of the Christian community at the time are now part of our normal practices in life today. It's what I, you know, we talked about before the show, taking it into the bedroom, which is extremely uncomfortable for people to hear, but you can't avoid the linkage. I mean, it's, you look at where we were before and how those practices of Aleister Crowley have now become practices of today. And you start to overlay that, say with Karma Sutra, as an example of, of the, the Hindu pr- practice of sex and, and higher spirituality. And you start to see that a lot of what's being accepted across the broad spectrum of culture has nothing to do with Christian faith. And it is all rooted, in my opinion, it takes us back to the occult practices that can really be documented by Aleister Crowley. What are your thoughts here? Well, um, uh, Kinsey actually um, <clears throat> was a great admirer of Aleister Crowley. And I have a picture of him, um, he uh, of Kinsey standing in a temple that because Aleister Crowley worshipped Satan, and uh, he had a temple in Sicily where he um, raped, tortured, and murdered infants to Satan. And in this, um, there's a picture of Kinsey standing in this uh, temple, and this is after Aleister Crowley had died, um, because Aleister Crowley had kept uh, documentation of his uh, rape of children. And um, so Kinsey wanted that for his study, because his sex studies were looking at the sexual behavior of the men, women, and children in America. And uh, so he wanted those studies desperately, but Aleister Crowley had passed away. So this picture is of Kinsey standing in his temple, uh, looking, and his shadow of Kinsey is over Aleister Crowley's picture. And the picture says it all. I mean, this is, and you do a great job on your show of exposing, you know, there are two religions. There is God and there is man, which is really a demonic. Uh, root to it. So, um, so anyway, um, Kenzie also, by the way, had um, interviewed or not interviewed, but had taken data from um, uh, his name was um, Fritz von Baljusek, who was a Nazi in Germany who was raping the children in the Polish uh, camps, and. Um, he had sent his data to Kinsey. So you're talking about very demonic attachments here. This is not good science. Uh, Kinsey had interviewed men who were in prison uh, for sex crimes, and he said this is the typical sexual behavior of the American male. For the women, he interviewed prostitutes who um, perhaps had lived with their pimp, which was against the law in America in the 30s and 40s. And so uh, he said, this is the typical sexual behavior of the American married female. 
And the children data or the childhood data, he interviewed pedophiles, including um, people like uh, Fritz von Baljusek, who was in Germany, a Nazi raping children. So uh, again, this is this is bad stuff. And we need to, the, the stunning thing is, is we as a culture, um, when we go back, because I wanted to know with sex ed, if the church is saying this is Bible-based, Christ-centered, and I find that Kinsey, who interviewed Nazis and, uh, you know, I admired Satanists like Aleister Crowley, that certainly is not Christ-centered and Bible-based. And, uh, you know, that gets me, <laughs> that is the drive in me that as to why I keep doing this is because uh, if the church is misrepresenting Christ, then uh, somebody's got to say something and somebody's got to do something here. You're involved right now in a really neat project, and it's to get the book, The Secus Circle, reprinted. Um, subtitle on that is A Humanist Revolution. Talk to me about that book and what that represents in this whole movement. Uh, well, my ministry started in 1997, but I will tell you there was a wonderful woman by the name, actually it was two women. Their pen name is Claire Chambers, and these two women in the 1970s, early 1970s, started to see the shift in America, and they were extremely concerned. Uh, they saw that the UN was doing a lot to push sex ed in our country and to do the training, actually, for sex educators in our nation. And so they started to do the deep dive into um, who was involved with sex education. And there's an organization that was launched at the Kinsey Institute in 1964 called SECUS, which is Sex Information Education Council of the United States. They became the authority for sex education, not only in America, but across the world. And so uh, these ladies did the research and found all the organizations that were connected in this SICA circle. And uh, it was amazing because you have the American Medical Association, you have the American Academy of Pediatrics, all the organizations you see today that are promoting the trans movement uh, were well involved back in the 1970s. So um, they found a lot of good information. Her, uh, this book is, is very thick full of uh, uh, everything that's happened in America up to that point. Um, so it is a book that's out of print. Uh, the John Birch Society were the ones who originally had printed it. And uh, so because it's out of print, it's very expensive and it's hard to find. So I, the Lord has connected me with Claire Chambers. The one of the two of them is still alive. And so we have uh, prayer calls every Friday I am so blessed. Uh, God has just given me fantastic mentors. And uh, so I learn a lot from her. She actually is praying right now during our interview. Um, but anyway, we want to reprint her book. So I have talked with the John Birch Society. And actually, we're going to come out with a new edition uh, because uh, Claire realized after I talked to her that the Kinsey Institute, she had talked a little bit about it in here, but she realizes it really needs to be a part of the secret circle. So we're going to add that to it. But this book is such a wealth of knowledge, and we want to make it accessible to people again. Um, so I have gone ahead with her permission uh, to uh, get this book reprinted. So we have a fundraising uh, project going on right now. 
Um, and that is on my website. You have one of the missions on your, on your uh, website is literally restoring social virtue and purity in America. Let's mm -hmm. talk about that. What does that look like? Well, that came actually from Colonel Ron Ray and Eunice Ray. Um, Colonel Ray had um, uh, been woken to the deep state and to, uh, he said when he was in Vietnam, because uh, he's a, the highest decorated um, hero in the state of Kentucky. Um, and when he was in Vietnam, he said, when I was over there fighting the enemy, the enemy was inva invading America over here. And uh, so he started, he and his wife started up an organization called RSVP America, which stands for Restoring Social Virtue and Purity to America. And their goal, and this was started in 1997, I believe, and their goal was to uh, first prove that Kinsey's science was fraudulent and criminal and also to prove that a majority of our laws, and you've done a great job, I heard your show about the common law, because there are only two standards of law in America. There is the, the pre-Kinsey, which was the common law, and then we have the post-Kinsey, and, the, and, the, and I'm talking about the sex offense section. Uh, the post-Kinsey was the, um, uh, the model penal code. Uh, in the sex offense section. And um, Colonel Ray and his wife Eunice looked at, uh, with their researchers, looked into 35 out of the 50 states. And in every one of those cases, um, God's law, the common law was thrown out and Kinsey's science was used to bring in the model penal code. So their goal was to wake up, uh, you know, our Congress to that. Um, and they were very, um, um, what I want to say, they were very busy trying to wake up the church, trying to wake up legislators, and they actually um, were able to influence the American Legislative Exchange Council, which is the um, largest bipartisan um, group of state legislators who they have a publication called The State Factor. And in April of 2004, they published um, uh, something called... Um, uh, the, the title for this one was Restoring Legal Protections for Women and Children, a Historical Analysis of the State's Criminal Codes. And you can go to my website on the homepage. Uh, you can click on this and actually uh, see this document. Uh, and basically, it's calling because I, if we go back and look at the law, there were 52 Bible-based laws that once protected marriage, women, and children. And when the American Law Institute was founded in 1923, their target was to eliminate those 52 Bible-based laws. And they were pretty successful. I think all but just a few are left. So um, when you look at the two standards of law, just to give a comparison for people, we had the common law, which was sanctioned by the moral authority. We had one nation under God. Marriage was defined as mother, father, children. We had the sanctity of marriage, we had fidelity in America, we had purity, and we had monogamy. Uh, there was childhood mod modesty, we protected children's innocence, we had premarital chastity, sexual violations were punished, um, you were either put to death if you raped a woman or a child, or you were put in prison and the key was thrown away. Uh, and interestingly, up till that point, up till 1948, uh, self-government was possible and people understood because that led to liberty. 
So then you have the post-1948, which is the recreational or degenerative standard, which is the American Law Institute's model penal code, which is sanctioned by Kinsey's authority. We have one nation under government. We have various human groupings. We have various genders and sexual orientations. We have open marriage and no-fault divorce. Adultery and free love are all legal. Um, adult child sex is now looked upon positively. Uh, and if you look to the laws, I, I know we have apps where we can find our uh, local pedophile in the neighborhood. Uh, so sex laws have been eliminated or weakened, and now offenders are therapeutically managed and put back on the streets. And when we look historically, all nations who leave God's moral authority eventually implode, which is where America is heading. That's on point. It's interesting what you said. Um, and it was, who was it again that was in Vietnam? Was that Colonel? Colonel Ron Ray. Yes. Okay, Colonel Ron Ray. Uh -huh. So it's interesting because of what I shared with you before the show. And it's again what I believe is one of the reasons that God is waking up what I call the incorruptible class, truly. And these are special operations veterans that have been through the worst of the worst. And when I call them incorruptible, their morals and values have been tested to the absolute extreme. And they're coming to Jesus and they're coming in the alignment of protecting children and resetting a moral base in this nation. And so it's when I started with, at the beginning of the show, we talked about this film that we're working on, which is all about Kinsey and it's the family revolution. Or the, the, and the whole principle of family is everything. As I told you in the beginning of this, I'm including footage from war. And my comment is, was to you and is in, is in the narration that I'm building is we fought overseas and thought that was the real war only to come home to realize that the real war was against the family and against the sexual issues in our nation. And to that point is where I just, I just zero in on the pulpit because the pulpit failed. That was the one place where the last line of defense was for our moral base in this nation, and it has failed, and it has failed miserably. And yeah. it's anymore where I frame it as, you know, skinny jean pulpit, marshmallow pew, and dead stone walls. We have literally yeah. failed, and it is, it's the yeah. failure is so deep because it goes into cemetery, a seminary. I always say cemetery anymore, it's so disgusting. Yeah. But it goes into seminary. And yeah. it literally strikes in there. And literally, unfortunately, I'm having a hard time with people that have gone through seminary of any kind that are understanding the intensity of the failure of the church. I mean, this is, it's massive. And all you have to do mm -hmm. is go back and read the sermons from the black robe period, the beginning of our nation to realize yes. how far they have fallen and it has fallen massively. And I, and I can't even, I mean, I pray on this all the time. God does not say, please go defend the church. He says quite to the, quite to the contrary, bring a sword and awaken those who have left the church, awaken those who are out here now so that they can see where the failure is. So we can awaken another, another rake awakening of the church in the heart is, is Jesus intended. Your thoughts? Well, it, you know, part of my research uh, was looking into where was the church? Where was the church when no-fault divorce became a thing? Where was the church when abortion became legal, um, when pornography became legal, uh, when sodomy became legal? Um, where was the church? And uh, I came across a book by Ray Comfort. It said, God had a wonderful plan for your life and other myths. And in it, he said, the tragedy is just over 100 years ago when the church forsook the law in its capacity to bring the knowledge of sin and drive sinners to Christ. 
It therefore had to find another reason for sinners to respond to the gospel. Modern evangelism chose to attract sinners using the issue of life enhancement. The gospel degenerated into Jesus Christ will give you peace, joy, love, fulfillment, and lasting happiness. Sadly, we moved away from the true evangelism by preaching a gospel of grace first without ever convincing men that they are the transgressors. And when you look at that timing of that, when the church started to shift their message, was at the same time that this plan to move America toward communism and the sexual revolution began. So talk about a perfect storm. Um, D.L. Moody said, it's a great mistake to give a man who has not been convicted of sin. Certain passages were never meant for him. The law is what he needs. Do not offer the consolation of the gospel until he sees and knows he's guilty before God. We must give enough of the law to take away all self-righteousness. I pity the man who preaches only one side of the truth, always the gospel and never the law. And that's what happened to the church. And I'm like, that makes sense. We moved away from the law and talking about God's law, because God does talk about life issues. He does talk about uh, the innocence of children and the millstone. Um, and so we've lost that message. And the church has become um, uh, very weak in, in being able to. And as you well quoted, a lot of pastors are involved with pornography. And that is why you're, or a lot of pastors, as we were talking about with the vasectomy, um, I will tell you when I was 40, uh, I had learned all this information and I had learned about um, uh, who was behind the birth control movement because birth control was against the law for um, all churches supported that. It wasn't just a Catholic church thing. And when I looked at the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, I found um, a book that was written by the professor at the seminary in the 1950s, and he made the argument and actually praised Margaret Sanger for all of her efforts. So the church shifted, um, not because God gave a revelation on the, the birth control issue or the sodomy issue, the church shifted because of the influence of Sanger and Kinsey. So when we go back and look at these things, and and I'm sure you have interviewed a lot of people who have been involved with the satanic church. I've run into that as well. Um, and when you look at the satanic church, everything they do is the opposite of Christianity. Um, we had a satanist that came to my husband's church to get her, her house had burned down. And so she came to get some food and um, some clothing and while she was there, she looked at the church and she said, your cross is upside down. And um, we came to know her um, through the months. And um, it was interesting to know that that she was afraid to step inside of the church because in the Satanist church, there was a lot of physical abuse and sexual abuse that goes on. Uh, whereas, of course, if you stand step into a Christian church, it's a, a lot of love and praising, you know, praising God. So... Um, when we look at the practices of Satanists, um, sodomy is is very common uh, in practice. So again, for those that are defending sodomy, and, and trust me, I've been in um, <laughs> discussions with pastors regarding this, and um, uh, who taught us that? And it goes back to who influenced us. And some of Kinsey's disciples are quite stunning, and one of them was Hugh Hefner. Uh, Hugh Hefner was... Um, 
uh, he embraced his science and was able to use that to legalize pornography. Um, I talk about the attack on America, and there were really three areas. It, you have to attack the men because they're the head of the family. And so pornography becomes legal in the 1950s. You have to attack marriage because it's the foundation of the family. So I always say it's not same-sex marriage that destroyed marriage in America. Rather, it was the legalization of fornication in America that destroyed uh, the um, marriage in America. And then the third area you attack is the children. You have to raise them uh, to believe they are sexual from birth. And that's exactly what sex education was meant to do. So this was, a, as I said, this was a well-thought-out attack, but I will say that there are some great inroads. I mean, when God took me over to Uganda and one mama was able to, to go up against the UN, I realized, okay, if one mama could change one nation in, in, in Africa, what can he do with 10 righteous people in America? Yes. And so that's that's uh, the, going back to, and I, I didn't fully answer on the RSVP America uh, project, uh, the campaign that Colonel Ray, Ron Ray and Eunice had done had ended um, around 2004, 2005. And so I was starting to see God use some mamas here in Texas to take on, um, we went and uh, challenged the obscenity exemption law, which was put in place because of Kinsey. And basically an obscenity exemption means that you can show porn to children. It's illegal to show porn to children normally, but you can if you're in a school or a library. Then in those cases, you're using it for educational purposes and you can do that. So uh, Texas was actually, we were the first state to go after the obscenity exemption. And you can actually uh, watch us uh, testifying. There were four moms, <laughs> the Y was one of them. And we testified before a house committee to try and get that bill forward to remove that exemption. And um, it was House Bill 3135. And so um, anyway, so there, there are, there are parents that are rising up across this country and God is moving. And when I saw the Roe versus Wade uh, Supreme Court decision uh, recently, I thought, well, if we're praying for rain, we better put on our galoshes. So I, I resurrected the RSVP campaign and uh, I had a group uh, meet in uh, Kentucky, in Louisville, Kentucky, where RSVP had started. And we had some legislators there. We had some prayer warriors. We had some pastors. And so the idea is to do an RSVP America conference in every state. Uh, we have done, last year we did two in Indiana because Kinsey uh, worked out of Indiana University. The Kinsey Institute is still there. But I will say, uh, due to a diligence on our part, they have been defunded. Uh, which is great because the UN has used it uh, to push the sexual rights of the child. And now they don't have that to stand on anymore because the more people that understand how bad Kinsey is, uh, the better this is going to be. So um, anyway, we are going to Atlanta, Georgia uh, in a couple of months. And I hope the next one is going to be in Texas, but we are starting up the RSVP America uh, conference, and it's meant for pastors, legislators, and patriots. And basically, if we, uh, the, the idea is we are educating people on uh, going back to um, looking at how our law changed, 
what was used to change it and what's happened to America and how do we get back to what we've lost. So um, uh, God has been very gracious and and uh, you can find out more information on our website about the RSVP America campaign that we're doing right now. Yeah, it's good. It's a good source. We'll go over all that at the very end. Mm-hmm. You must have had spiritual warfare when you were down there at the Texas house. And I'm assuming, <laughs> I, I'd love to hear about it because I'll tell you, lately we've been praying against principalities. And this is what there's been a consistent thing that comes out. Every time we pray against principalities and we've been successful in taking down a couple of them, it's just like we see in the spirit, like snakes pouring out of people's hearts and just like pouring out. And it's like, mm-hmm. and then, then you start to see shifts happen which is an indication that you're obviously clearing. Did you have anything like that when you were down there? Yeah, um, I'll tell you two incidents. So one is when I got up to speak for the very first time on Kinsey, and that was back in 1997. Uh, I was put on at the Lutheran school. Uh, They were uh, looking over all the curricula, and I was put on the curriculum review committee for sex education. And I was just finding out about sex education, Kinsey, and the Learning About Sex series, which is the Lutheran sex ed based on Kinsey. And so I had asked the principal, I said, could I speak on this committee, to this committee for 15 minutes on why I think that this sex ed program is harmful and why it's based on Kinsey? And he said, absolutely, you go ahead and do that. And so I had 15 minutes. And when I stood, now keep in mind, I'm a public health nurse at that point. I'm a public speaker. So I have no problem speaking, but when I got up to speak, um, I felt like I was being choked. (laughs) And so I'm coughing and I'm gagging and I'm coughing and I'm gagging and I'm thinking in my mind, I'm not sick. Um, I like public speaking. This isn't nerves. And then I realized this is spiritual warfare. And I thought, you know, I don't care if I sound uh, very off. I'm going to get this out no matter what it takes. And so I pushed through it. And after 15 minutes of speaking, when I went to sit down, I was exhausted. And I will say that it left me about two thirds of the way through, by the way. And so when I sat down, I was physically exhausted. And what I wasn't ready for is the men in the room while I was speaking, all the men except for the principal, including the head pastor of this church, had their head bowed and none of them could give me eye contact. And my first thought when I I saw this happening while I was speaking, I'm like, men, I need you in this battle. I need you in this right now. You need to look at me. You need to hear this. And I talked to Colonel Ray later about that. And he said, Audrey, because of pornography, the men have been compromised. And that was the Holy Spirit that was convicting them while you were speaking. And so um, uh, that was my first time of talking about this. Then Uh, We had an incident in the Texas Capitol building this past May, and it happened to be a friend of mine called me in May, the week before uh, May 16th. So she called me like around May 10th, and she said, Audrey, do you realize that the 50-year anniversary of when Texas, because uh, the Model Penal Code was drafted in 1955, uh, the... um, Uh, Fourth version was the uh, version that they released, and the first state to adopt the model penal code in the sex sex offense section was Illinois. And so after that, it just, it was a domino effect. It went state by state by state. So my friend called me and she said, we found out that the 50-year anniversary 
of when Texas adopted it was in um, on May 16th, and we know what room they did it in in the Capitol building. It was the old Supreme Court room. And so um, she said, oh, and I, I said, oh, my gosh, we have to do something. <laughs> we're going to have to be in that room that day. and We're going to have to pray a reversal. And uh, so I was able to contact um, a pastor who is heavily involved in spiritual warfare. His name's Brandon Burden. And Brandon just wrote a book called Daniel Nation, When Christians Take a Stand in Civil Government. And in his book, he relays exactly what happened on May 16th. And it was amazing because, um, and I also asked another friend, um, Yako Boyens, who did the movie Sex Nation, uh, that came out before Tim Ballard's movie. Uh, and actually, Tim Ballard was at a red carpet event for Sex Nation. Uh, Tim Ballard did a great job of his story, woke up people to the fact that sex trafficking is happening. Uh, our movie, Sex Nation, actually gets more into um, sex trafficking in America. So I had uh, Pastor Burton, I had Yako there and myself, and the three of us spoke. And you can see those talks on my website. And at the end, we called for prayer. Well, Pastor Burton had his prayer warriors there. And all of a sudden, somebody blows a shofar <laughs> in the room. And um, everybody's declaring that God is going to restore his law in America. And it's going to start in this room. It's going to start in this capital, in this state, and it's going to spread across the land. And uh, when Pastor Burton was up at the uh, Supreme Court bench, he and some others were praying over the bench. And he reported that there were snakes coming out from underneath the bench. And so um, I... I knew there was snakes underneath. And that, so that was our prayer, that the Lord would expose the snakes. And boy, isn't that happening in America right now? So um, from that, uh, what happened is just the very next week, uh, Texas had an interesting incident where the close of our legislative session, the Texas House decided to impeach our Attorney General, Ken Paxton, and um, they had little evidence. It was similar to what happened to President Trump. And so, um, uh, but what was so stunning is a majority of the Republicans uh, voted to impeach him. So suddenly Texas became aware where we have a uniparty. <laughs> we don't have a red state. We have a uniparty state. And so many of those Republicans are actually being challenged in their primaries now because of that. But again, um, here's the snakes being revealed. And um, I have no doubt God is, is moving in amazing ways. And I really believe that we are, as we wake up, as we turn back to him, uh, he is going to save this nation and we're going to restore God's law in America. I fully agree. I think one of the things when we look back on this, and I'm curious how your research, you said you'd gone back and looked at a lot of the church documents and way before all of the Kinsey thing. Have you done a, a, a study of the occult practices? And the reason I say that is something you said when you, this young lady that was part of the Satanist church, to me, it's very easy to establish what is biblical without even having to look at scripture. If they're doing it, do the opposite. I and mean, it's almost that black and white because you said everything that is Satanist church is of the opposite. So when you start to see 
their sex practices. You start to see their blood rituals. You start to see their overall, everything that they're doing. It is always anti-biblical, anti-God. Is, is that fair? Yeah. And it's, um, you know, these are, it's the culture of life versus the culture of death. Um, when you look at marriage, you know, one of the primary purposes for marriage was procreation. Um, when you look to the, you know, and, and now we have Satanists who are arguing uh, for abortion to be, continue to be legal uh, because it's part of their rituals. Part of their practices is killing unborn infants. So, um, uh, you know, and, and the same is true with sodomy. Uh, a lot of those who are involved with the cult are, are engaged in sodomy, which eliminates procreation. And by the way, the, um, the person who normalized sodomy in America was Hugh Hefner, um, Playboy, uh, did a lot uh, to uh, normalize that act, which you couldn't even at the beginning of the 1900s, you couldn't pay a prostitute to uh, be engaged in sodomy. Uh, that just was, uh, it was always against the law. And Colonel Ray actually argued the Lawrence first, he wrote a Supreme Court brief, which is also on my website, um, that uh, for the Lawrence versus Texas case, which, by the way, <laughs> Texas, we have the Lawrence versus Texas and we had Roe versus Wade. So the culture of death started here in this state. Um, but he he had um, said that the reason we lost the Lawrence versus Texas case wasn't because of the um, small percentage of the population who were homosexual, but rather it was the church leaders who were arguing and saying, no, you gay people can't commit sodomy but we can in our marriage bed. And he said, that's why we lost the case of Lawrence versus Texas. That's really good. That, that's, that yeah. gets right down. That's interesting what you said, because this gets down to a principle that I've said. I said, when the marriage bed is corrupted with any of these practices, the impact is far beyond the home, especially when it's from the church. And that, that's why I go back again and again to these sexual practices of the occult and seeing how they become standardized in the bedroom today. Mm -hmm. You brought the occult into the one of the most sacred places in the home and the home is supposed to be the center of God in, in, in that sense of we should all be having God at our center. So if the, if the marriage bed is corrupted with any of those practices, you're, you're diluting and, and deviating from the sole purpose of what you said, which is the sanctity of marriage and the purpose of marriage is to procreate. When you're giving that message I'm assuming that doesn't exactly go over well, especially when you're speaking to churches. Um, no, and this is where I have enlisted my husband <laughs> because I said, honey, I can call the women back to purity. I can talk to parents uh, about raising up pure kids, but I cannot <laughs> talk to the men. I can call them back to purity. So um, he had actually... Um, we spoke at an international parenting conference, and so we we both spoke at that. And at the end, and we had to find what sodomy was because uh, people are under the impression um, it's only one end, but it's both ends. And so um, uh, at the end of that, there were always the women who would come up to my side of the podium who would ask, do you have that anywhere in writing so I could show that to my husband? And then you would have the men come up to my husband's side of the podium and say, oh, come on, I've never heard it defined that way before. And my husband would say, well, would you put your mouth on a sewer pipe? 
uh, we're talking feces and urine here. And um, they go, you know, like they hadn't even thought of it that way. And um, he he kind of pushed him on it. He'd say, well, who taught you that? Did your father say before you get married, this is what you need to do in the marriage bed? Who taught you that? And they always had to admit it was pornography is where they learned it. So um, it, it's been <laughs> it's it's definitely an interesting uh, I've never wanted to go in the bedroom. I've never wanted, I, you know, I would have been perfectly happy just waking up parents to sex education and what it does to children. Uh, but when we look at the birth control and the sodomy issue, um, you know, that this is, this is a whole nother, uh, um, it has a demonic root to it. So you're challenging that you're going up against principalities when you're, you're bringing a revelation to that. Oh, so yes, it's interesting. Well, to, and principalities, to, principalities yeah. which have anchored themselves in neurochemicals. This is the this yes. is one of the greatest things. This gets into some of the work I did when I was working with special operations, which was to looking at the extremes of what you can do with manipulating brain chemistry. So okay. if you can accelerate somebody's position and and just say that you're working an asset, if you can use fear as an example. You can use, you can create a high adrenalized moments to where it, you, once you create that, it's a cycle that you can reactuate to keep somebody in your control. You can also, this is one of the reasons that the agency, CIA, uses sex as a, as a principle of alluring because once they get people wrapped in there, they want more of it and then it becomes an instrument of control, leverage, and in some cases, blackmail. It is an addiction. And that's the core right. of, of, of pornography. Someone asked me one day, and just a very honest question, if you're going to take down a nation with the knowledge that you have gained over the years in psychological operations and influence operations, what would you do? And I said, I would do one thing. I could send it once and I could step back and it will be self-perpetuating and it'll destroy the entire nation over a couple of generations. And they said, what is it? And I said, pornography. That's it. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is release right. it because once it gets in, it permeates deep and then it starts to corrupt the fundamentals of practices of, of, of the purity of a nation. And then everything becomes, once people get wrapped into the obsession with sex, and, and this is speaking from a guy who has four divorces or four relationships, two divorces under him. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm speaking this and this is where, you know, it's like I look at my walk and, and it's easy to criticize me to say, you can't speak of perfection because you've had failure. And I'm like, no, actually, I can speak a whole bunch to it because I know why that failure occurred. I know where the problem occurred. And much of it was centered in the lack of sanctity of the bed. And then you take my own journey, which I mentioned to you beforehand, which was also having a vasectomy, which I've now had reversed. Mm -hmm. Those walks in life, and when you finally come to the awakening of where God wants you, you look at this and go, oh, my goodness. I mean, I've been on the dark side of this. Mm -hmm. And when you look on the dark side of this, you say, okay, this whole thing is perverted to such a degree. We've lost sanctity. We've lost fidelity. We have lost purity. We have no respect for it. And the purity, even in the relationship practices in which we have, once it's that corrupted in the in the bedroom, so to speak, everything around our lives becomes marginalized. You no longer have the strength of men to stand up for what is truly right and wrong because they've lost that line. We've blurred it and taken it away. I believe as 
In addition to that, though, I think that no matter where a person is, and I'll speak to men, no matter what your walk is, if you truly understand what has happened through repentance, you can be restored and brought back to that place of walking a pure life. You mentioned your husband in part of this, and you talked to women. What's your thought on that? Um, well, you know, I was thinking back to Kinsey working with Hefner. Um, you know, Kinsey, uh, I have, I actually have an audio where Hefner is saying that um, Max Lerner said that his friend Max Lerner had said that Kinsey was the researcher and he was the pamphleteer. And um, what basically, um, Kinsey went to the academic elite and then Hafner took it to the college students. And so who became today's leaders and pastors. Um, and he persuaded men to abandon love and protection for sex and recreation. So men became the playboys and women became the playgirls. And I will tell you in my practice working in the STD HIV clinic in the 90s, um, from 1991 to 1999, uh, we noticed around 1994-1995, we saw an explosion of date rape. And I thought, where is this coming from? Am I the only nurse that's seeing this? So I asked all the other nurses, and they said, no, we're seeing the same thing. And I never understood that till I saw a documentary on pornography, and they shared in the documentary that during the Clinton administration, the restrictions um, on the porn industry were loosened considerably. So we were seeing the direct result of pornography on society. Um, and there was a study uh, done in California in 1980s, and they interviewed college men. And um, they interviewed them regarding, you know, if they would protect women or not. And they were of the mindset that they would protect women. Then they showed them a series of porn films and interviewed them after. Now, keep in mind that the theme throughout pornography is that the women want the rape, they deserve the rape, and they enjoy the rape. So after they had viewed the pornography, they did admit that they would rape a woman if they knew that they would not get caught. So that's, I mean, pornography is profound on what it has done to destroy our nation. And I agree with you on that. Um, and it's brought in a lot of demonic perversion, uh, which Hefner himself was involved with. So, um, yeah, it has destroyed our country. And it's a matter of, I will tell you, um, we have three boys and one girl and we, you know, I, I do a talk called to parents called You Can Raise Pure Kids in Today's Society. And um, our oldest son wanted to be married when he was 16. And we've always taught our kids that God has a person out there and his timing, you'll, you know, you'll get together. Um, but stay focused on what God's given you gifts and talents and you use it to his glory and figure out what God wants you to do on this earth. What's your mission? And so our son at 16, the oldest, wanted to be married. Uh, but he he knew he was supposed to wait. He goes into the military at age 19, and he finds he's the lone virgin on his ship, and he got teased horribly um, by the guys. But a lot of them afterwards would come up to him privately and say, man, I really admire your self-control, and I wish I would have waited. So it became, for him, a ministry um, for his, um, you know, um, fellow um, um shipmates. And so he has, um, uh, he's been over to the Middle East. Um, he's, he's been in special forces and, um, 
the time came where he had to uh, come from the Middle East. He said, I'm tired of the heat. I'm going to go to Alaska. So he goes to Alaska. He's on Kodiak Island. Um, and uh, I said, well, the odds of you finding somebody there is pretty slim, but just do your three-year duty there and then come back to the lower 48. And uh, he actually, God had a person there uh, who had also remained pure. And so when the time came for his marriage, um, it was neat. He went into the bridal lounge and, of course, the tradition of not seeing the bride. So he reaches around and he holds her hand and he prays a blessing over their marriage ahead of time. And when it was time for their vows, he got out a letter he had written when he went into the military. And there was a, a colonel who was one of his um, advisors or mentors, and he had encouraged him to do this. And he did it. He wrote a letter to his future spouse at age 19, and he got married at 25. And he had written he what he wrote in the letter was that he was promising to remain pure and to wait for her. And so uh, as he read that letter, he said, but there, you know, obviously, if I'm reading this letter now, I found you and God's brought us together. And I can't wait. There are so many things I can't wait to do. And he talked about the first one being as a, a warrior for the Lord, God calls me to be a protector and I can't wait to be a protector of you. And then he went through all the characteristics of a godly husband. And at the very end, he said, I can't wait to be in the delivery room. Uh, when we have our first child. And I'll tell you, for a mom who has a purity ministry that's working hard on this since 1997, I just wanted to stand up and go, yes, this can work despite our culture, despite our society. And um, uh, I just want to encourage people that you're right. I mean, we've all been lied to and deceived. We have to get back to God and um, it, it, and I always say, don't take my word for it. Do your own research. If you believe in birth control, if you believe in sodomy, then go back and find out, has that always been the teaching of the church? Who influenced us and who uh, changed us? And you're going to be surprised at what you find. There was a period when we used the term courtship. We use yes. the term dating now. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. And that's actually what my son did was um, he believed in biblical courtship, which is the intent of uh, you're getting to know a young person of the opposite sex. Um, and this could be potentially uh, your future spouse. So you are, I call it biblical dating. You are, are dating somebody with the intent of this could be my future husband or wife. And uh, so actually that's what my son did um, in Kodiak. He went to uh, um, his future wife's father and asked to court her. And that, of course, spoke volumes to the father. And um, it's what we used to do. Actually, the word uh, dating uh, or date, or dating, actually, 100 years ago in the Webster's Dictionary meant to assign a date to an event. <laughs> so we didn't have, we didn't have the concept of dating, we had courtship, that that was how we did things in America. But again, with Hollywood and, and, uh, you know, all of the media has profoundly influenced where we are today. Um, and of course, Kinsey Science is fueling all of that, the legalization of all of this. Yeah, it's incredible. This is amazing amount of work you're doing. Very impressive. Let's talk about your ministry then, how people can find you, the whole thing. Yes, um, very simple. You can go to Matthew18.org. 
Um, we are a not-for-profit. Uh, I work as a nurse right now <laughs> to help uh, fund the family. I would love to do this this work full time, but it's funny at work they um, uh, they call this my hobby, <laughs> what I do on the side. But it's not uncommon for uh, excuse me during my lunch hour. Can I testify before the Senate committee in Oklahoma? Or uh, I got to run down to the the movie studio. Uh, can I take an extended lunch hour because I'm I'm filming for the movie Sex Nation. Um, I, I have a different life. <laughs> so, um, but it's a ministry that God's called me to. It's a ministry that's needed. Uh, there's very few people that are out there um, that are taking on Kinsey and the church. Uh, we're it. We're the, the beginnings of that. And um, I think, you know, I, I go back to Ezekiel uh, 37, when Ezekiel was taken to the Valley of the Dry Bones, I would say sexual sin has slain the church. We are those dry bones. And we need the infilling of the Holy Spirit. We need to, Second uh, Chronicles 714, if my people, not the people over there who don't know me, but my people, uh, if they will seek me, if they will humble themselves, if they will um, turn from their wicked ways, then I will heal uh, the land. And so we've got to get back to God on all areas of life. Uh, the sexual revolution was meant to destroy the church and destroy the family, and they've done a pretty good job of that. But once we get back to God, I, I believe we can be victorious in this. So I have four target audiences. I have the shepherds, which I'm very blessed to be able to teach the course, and I also do a one-day seminar uh, on my course. Uh, there's four lectures that go with it. Uh, called Restoring Biblical Purity in the Church. Uh, then also get to the parents. I've also written a book called 10 Tips on How Not to Talk to Your Kids About Sex. Uh, I wrote originally in 1997, but I've since uh, doubled the size of it because I wanted to bring in the history of what's happened to America. Uh, so half the book is about that. And then the other half is biblical principles on how do we raise pure children. Uh, and then um, uh, the youth, I love going and talking to young people because they are under attack like no other generation in America. And um, I, I always, when I talk to them, I say, okay, you guys have more sexual perversion being thrown at you than any previous generation. More of you have been killed by abortion and birth control than any previous generation. And that tells me if Satan's working so hard on you guys, it's because you're the generation that's going to bring this nation back. And I commission them because if they, this is the activist generation, why aren't we activating them for the Lord? So that's the third area uh, target audience. And then the fourth has been uh, what I have not even imagined, which is doing the uh, testifying for bills across the country, uh, talking to Uganda parliament. Uh, I have talked, uh, had actually where uh, the last trip that I made, which was in 2020, uh, where I was able to be broadcast to all of Southeast Africa. So uh, influencing other African nations. Um, and as I said, we're doing these conferences, the RSVP America conferences. Uh, we will be posting information on the website for that. Um, and uh, just trying to educate as many people as possible. That's fantastic. It really is. Hang on a bit after the show. Sure. We, we, always, close, we always close with a prayer. And so if it's okay with you, I'll lead a prayer. That'd be awesome. Father, God, I just want to thank you today for this amazing 
interview with Audrey. And it's just one of these interviews that we're reminded of the true sense and purpose of who we are and what we're here for. This is one of the most difficult fights we face because it gets into the bedroom. It gets into the obsession and the desires of the flesh that people have. And in so doing, it is one that we run headlong into. We we are, we meet the demonic, we meet the the neurotic and the neurochemical addiction of all of this. And so what we're talking about here today, Father, which we just ask will bless the hearts of many, is understanding the root and getting to the root to release the trap that so many people are in. Father, we speak this truly as, as a walk as we've had in this world, that where children are under siege right now, families are broken, we're seeing the sexual practices of, of the root of so many things disrupting and breaking things down in a society. We're watching a society in decay and starting to collapse. And yet we see as well the potential to raise up this new generation with the voices of those who've walked through that trenches of warfare to be able to give them the wisdom. And this is a discussion today of Matthew 18 ministry that has literally been raising that up. So we just ask for the continued blessings of this work, the blessings of all this message, the blessings that everything that Audrey is doing and pushing forward and to lift up and to bless all those before them, to awaken them, their hearts, to, to shake them from their slumber and to put them on the right path in alignment with you in the true sense of biblical principles. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Nice. Very good. All right. Well, it's been an absolute pl pleasure. I will tell you that right now. I, I'm, wow. I, this is one of these interviews that I've just absolutely enjoyed immensely. And, um, and well, I thank, thank you, you for coming on, really. So um, I'm going to check out your website. We're going to push that out. Before we go, I do want to make one mention, though, because this is a big issue. And it's your Give, Send, Go, which is to get this Seekus book, the Seekus Circle, yes. reprinted. Mm -hmm. You're not mm -hmm. that far from your goal. You're only about fourteen hundred dollars from your goal. Close. Yeah, I know. Resistance chicks. I got like a six hundred dollar boost from them. So, all right. Well, we'll we'll push this out on this because I want people to see this. We're that close, and once you get there, you can. What do you think the timeline is to get that book reprinted? Um, probably within the next month. We've got it. It is actually at the printer, ready ready to go. I just have to tell them, yes, I have the money to do it. So we're very close to, and then it's about a month to six weeks out to have the pro end product. That's fantastic. Okay. Well, we'll make sure and lift it up. Thank you mm -hmm. very much, Andre. Hope you have a well, it was an honor to, to get, finally get to talk to you in person. I, I talk to you when you're on the radio. I'm like, oh, he needs to add this Kinsey part. <laughs> Well, we, so. well, I want to have you back on anyway, and we're going to talk. I want to. We'll talk after this about you being part of the film and a few other things. And yeah, and, I would love that. And looking at some of your programs, I want to take advantage of those because you're on message here. This is awesome. This is good work. So thank you. I have, I have an awesome media team because the Lord knows that is this is getting bigger and I can't handle it all on my own. So I have an awesome media team that helps me out. That's, that's beautiful. Well, have a blessed day. Thank you very much. You too. God nice meeting you. Same. God bless. God bless. Patriots, that was Andre Werner of Matthew18.org Ministries. Absolutely fantastic mind in this fight. The Gibson Go for the reprint of the Seekus Circle 
is give send go forward slash the secus circle secus is spelled s-i-e-c-u-s circle and this is the book by claire chambers as we learned was a pen name for two women that had gone inside and researched what the kinsey institute was actually doing and the development of the sex ed education so again that's secus s-i-e-c-u-s the secus circle um and that's so givesendgo.com forward slash the Seekus Circle. It's only, I mean, literally, I mean, they only need $1,400, less than $1,400 to make this happen. So if you're so compelled to donate and support, that would be great. And um, get that book in, in print would be even better. So, so, Patriots, big topics here, not easy ones. And I've been reading chat very lit tonight and very good conversations in our chat. There is, this is one of these engaged conversations that is not easy. We get into places that we're not comfortable. But at the end of the day, something I question, I asked as a question this morning in this morning's show, which was, if you haven't heard this morning's show, I'd encourage you to listen to it because it complements this very well. Today it was by design. Or I should say by God's design because it wasn't my design. It was God's design. Um, but really, the question is this. I mean, we our bedrooms are, are places we don't like to talk about. We like to keep it private unless you're part of the woke and transgender LGBTQAI plus nonsense movement where you put your sexuality into the world and into the streets and everything else, which we don't need. But in these discussions, when we get into the sanctity of the bedroom, and I guess the question I would ask is if we are resetting a nation and we're resetting the church and the principles of the church, what's the what's that sacrifice worth for us? And I mean that truly. Obviously, porn addictions are have to be corrected, but we have to get back to the purity of the way we run a nation. And if you just take some time and read of the laws that were undone by Kinsey, I think we get a very good reflection on how our society was framed and built and what that meant for us as a nation prior to 1947, which is a critical date, by the way. A lot more I'll be doing a some research. I'm doing some research right now to bring some of these dates together, which, by the way, just as a footnote before we close tonight, 1947 was the year that they ended the interrogations for the Nazis coming across in Operation Paperclip. 1947 was the year that the UN passed the annexation bill for Palestine. 1947 was the year that the CIA was officially formed, and 1947 was the year that the Kinsey Institute was established. It's a significant year. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I will see you tomorrow morning for Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe again. Dive into the deepest end. Oh, I want to feel something. Let me get back in my body.